ladies, gentlemen, and podcast fans around the world. Welcome back to Better Than Most Things with your hosts, Sean and Max. Hey, thank you very much, Producer Mystery. What's up? Uh, I'm a you. cool guy. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah, you are. I'm a cool radio host now. Hey. Are you? Did you get a job? Yeah, I'm, I'm on the radio now. That's how I sound. Oh. Duke Nukem. <laughs> Bubblegum. Brother. Or <laughs> that, that's Hulk Hogan, actually. I was hoping like you, you landed a spot at like a local college on the radio or like you're you're spouting uh, alien conspiracy theories at midnight. Yeah, and that's how I'm going to do my voice there. Like, I'll do my podcast like this, but I'll do my radio. Like, hey, brother, back to the back to the radio show. Better than most things, brother. See, uh, you're trying not aliens. to go Randy Savage with it, right? You're like, you're walking that fine line. <laughs> brother. It's just the personality. Shock, shock, brother. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys know that I like gimmicky bullshit, right? Like, I like uh, the idea that I became a reverend and a lord online. Oh, God. Right? Yes. You're very yes, proud. Yes, we are aware of... <laughs> The, the length of your name extensions. But I think we all like other gimmicky bullshit, like buying the naming rights to a star. We have a star named after us, the better than most stars. That's true. I think that's what it is. It might Just, be the better than most things it's, star. It's, it's I think it's better than most things star. Okay. I don't think we call it. I think it would have been smarter, better than most stars. <laughs> <laughs> but then that's not the name of the podcast. So yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, we can kind of agree there. There's some stupid shit out there that means nothing, but yeah, I'll spend a it few bu- bucks on it. Means so, as much as you invest into it. Yeah. So NASA is offering anyone the chance to send their name around the moon. Just their name. Uh huh. Okay. E, Mister E, Mister like that. You just yell it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I love that. Yeah, like a, like a boombox, just like spitted. So, if you sign up for this, your name will launch on the artist Artemis mission sometime in 2024. And the Artemis mission is an uncrewed spacecraft that will spend about 26 days in orbit, uh, or excuse me, in space orbiting the moon. And its goal is to help us gather data that will eventually lead to crewed missions that will land on the moon, aka moon based shit. Yeah, we've been talking about Artemis on the show. Every time we mentioned anything about the surface of the moon and mining it or what were we talking about that weird helium three last episode yeah for shit. nuclear fusion yep. or is it fission yep. same stuff <laughs> it's all the same uh-huh brother, uh, brother it's all the same brother so how much would you pay to for my name to i'm assuming it's engraved on something first of all right like or oh. is it in flashing like those neon like uh Times square shit like like this and is it by itself is like one of a thousand. Is it engraved? I want to know that first. Okay. So um, the names will be stored on a flash drive. Oh, my and God. And then the flash drive oh, will be stored in the spacecraft. Go to fuck. Go to fuck yourself. <laughs> Go to fuck yourself island right now and buy a ticket. Dare you. Right? That's what I thought, too. Was I was like, oh, cool. almost. It was so close. It was almost cool with your name. Actually, I'll say it was cool. If you're if it was carved, because then it, what if aliens get it and they're like, who is this? Like this kid that could live on millennia after your death. Okay, I'll give you a carving something. <laughs> you fucking data on a flash drive. I'm gonna get fucking erased by some solar flare, some shit. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. So how much would you pay for Ooh. that? Five dollars. All right, Mister E. How much would you pay? 
I ain't going higher than a hundred bucks. Well, luckily, it's free. Ugh. And I've already signed all of us up. <laughs> well, oh, okay. Is, wait, did you put my address and shit in there too? The social, all of it. No, the government just Is wanted your good? name. So your middle name is still Thaddeus, right? And your last name yeah. is uh, okay. Shangstein. God. I think I got your name. God, right. I'm going to have jury duty now. Great. So if you out Thank there you. listening right now want your name to be sent around the moon for some fucking reason, uh, you can sign up for it at uh, HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash www.nasa.gov forward slash send dash your dash name dash with dash Artemis. Can you spell it, Artemis? Your story. Or... <laughs> <laughs> what was that last dash? Oh, um, just Google that shit. I was uh, say, um, the story redeemed itself that it was free. I'll tell you that because <laughs> any amount of money would have infuriated me. <laughs> <laughs> so the free, the freeness is kind of nice. It's like, okay. You know what's funny? I feel like ninety percent of space missions are are cast because why not? Because reasons. You know, yeah. it's like it's like this one. It's like it always makes sense to me. Like, oh, why are we doing it? Uh, because like third three thousand years from now, one dude is gonna try this one thing, and we just want to make sure it's gonna work. Yeah, yeah okay. we gotta make sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> nice baby. So I kind of have a a fun space one as well. Um, so this actually story happened firstly in uh, 2014, and then we just kind of since figured it out. But um, so in 2014, a fireball blazed through the skies over Papua New Guinea, and um, it basically exploded above it. And they've just discovered or figured out through all the data sifting through it that that was a fast-moving object from another star system or outside the solar system back okay. in 2014. And so why, what makes that cool is is that this basically retroactively makes uh, this the first thing we've ever discovered outside of the solar system that came in. Besides, Remember uh, Amuamua? I do not. What is that? Amuamua is the cigar-shaped comet that came in like a couple years ago and everyone's like oh is this an alien thing because it came in from outside the solar system oh i know we've heard of this we i think we've talked about it like it's like a cigar shaped uh comet it came in and they figured out that it was outside the solar system because we're pretty much solar systems on the same plane like for the most part because we're just around the sun so everything kind of leveled out uh-huh. well, when something comes in from a weird trajectory and at an extreme speed we could tell that it must have been sped up from some and came from some different way. And that's how we could tell these are interstellar objects, per se. And that was the big deal when Amuamua came on the scene a couple of years ago, because this was the first time we ever detected something like that. And these objects are generally rare? Yeah, I mean, the, that was the first we'd ever detected it. Well, oh, wow. Detected it. Uh, detected okay. it. Uh, Amuamua. And uh, I'm not sure the, the date of Amuamua, but... Um, this is um, actually, no, I, I do know. Actually, it was 2017 is when that came in. But now through this data, uh, something actually came in 2014. And Amuamua, what's cool about that is like, that was the one we all heard about. It was came out from the uh, from the other, you know, from some, we don't even know where it came from, but it wasn't in our solar system. And it came in, it came out. And some people were thinking that was like a spaceship because it slowed down and, or st- span in a certain way and. I watched the whole guy. He even talked about like, oh, it didn't leave a trail like normal comets do. Blah. I still think it was just a rock or something. But um, <laughs> we didn't know about this one because uh, it was classified by the U.S. government. Ooh. Like in 2014. And I think it's because of like the detection and it kind of blew up and stuff. But again, what's cool about this is this blew up on Earth. An interstellar object. 
versus the Amuamua thing, that was just all data on pieces of paper and stuff. It was all here and gone. So in Papua New Guinea, in the ocean somewhere, there are shards of an interstellar object just on the seafloor. Just waiting to be made into a sword. Or a symbiote or something like that. <laughs> I think I watched a Godzilla movie this. about those the other day. <laughs> yeah, and so like I think it's kind of crazy how like this happened before we even knew about it already. So this interstellar shit is like just, you know, this is the first time we detected it, but, you know, it's so, probably been happening this, the whole history of Earth. Do we know how big this object was? Yeah, it was 1.5 feet across. Oh. And it landed to Earth's atmosphere January 8th, 2014. It was very small, yeah. and uh, But it's coming in at, at 130,000 miles per hour, a speed that far exceeds the average velocity of meteors that orbit within the solar system. And like I said, the speed, the trajectory proved with a 99% certainty that it came from beyond our solar system. Um, but it was never peer-reviewed, this stuff, because it was classified by the government at the time. Why the and fuck? And just recently... Uh, did they I'm classify it? Well, I mean, fucking, we got attacked, bro. If someone just chucks a, a rock at you and goes, boom, over Papua New Guinea in 2014, the fuck is that? It's, I think an alien chucked a rock at us. It's goddamn arachnids. I get it. But oh, at the same time, oh, bro. Uh, did I'm they suspect this like thing a, would do damage so they didn't want to cause mass panic? It doesn't really say, but I have a, I have a feeling it's, it's mostly probably like how they got the data, is my guess. Like how they oh. see it blew up, it probably would reveal they can see that. Like how how do they? You know, I, I, that'd be my guess. I have it doesn't say anything about that. Interesting. But that's usually where that's usually ninety percent of all that shit. They would give away their capabilities by telling you what they could discover. All right, you heard it. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. Fact. So anyway, the fact that this happened in two thousand fourteen. If you start going back in time now, man, like that's when everything just started going down the the tubes, bro. <laughs> What do you what do you mean? Elaborate. We, I think that's when we entered the darkest timeline. You've heard the jokes, the darkest timeline, because oh, 2014, yeah. the Earth was attacked by this meteorite, and the and the and the government covers it up. More things happen. More things happen. Two years later, our strongest hero Harambe falls in battle, <laughs> and then we all know what happened from there, bro. <laughs> right? <laughs> this meteor caused Harambe's death. <laughs> oh, and somehow, shit. somehow, I think we're in the darkest timeline. And we got to go back in time now and, like, get a big racket, like a tennis racket. And just, uh, just get that shit out of here. And or maybe we can go collect the shards from the bottom of the ocean. And maybe that'll allow us to go back in time. I mean, this thing was 1.5 feet across. What what shards? Like, you're going to be, <laughs> what is what is that? Just might as well scoop up the entire bottom and be like, yep, really, let's examine this. That's a really good point. <laughs> That's a really good point. Because, yeah, they're just saying, like, too, like, yeah, it might be uh, nigh impossible, but we should, it's interstellar material. But you're right. It's probably just like a bunch of dust. Like, it's everywhere. It's a, it's. It's the coronavirus. That's, yeah, that's especially what, <laughs> what, what is this? Uh, six, eight, uh, eight years later, like yeah, with the yeah, nah, fuck it, like what, no, a, what it, a waste. It shifted the timeline, bro. Harambe's supposed to be alive. I say this all the time. And you think these will help build the flux capacitor to help out Harambe? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I just think it's kind of interesting that there's these interstellar objects. Like now we're like detecting them now. Before, again, Amuamua was this whole. It was a big deal at the time. And now there was like another one under the radar the whole time. I honestly would have bet that we would have detected uh, these sooner than when was the when was the first one? Abu it said three years, so 
So 2017 is when we detected a little and we detected it on the way out. 2017. Yeah, is when we detected it, and that was the first interstellar object. Because with all the all the maps, basically made it make sense that this thing didn't come. Because kind of like I said, everything's if everything's orbiting the same star, everything's kind of going. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Same speed. I mean, yeah, I'm not taking mass and all that bullshit in. No, no, I'm confused. Came in in such a weird. I'm confused. So, um, the cigar, the cigar was 2017. Correct. And this other this 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 classified one was 2014. 14. Yes. Got it. Got it. Wow. I would have it's guessed like we the would have discovered these things before. Object. Like that's crazy. I would I would have I would have bet that. That's that's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if I mean, I guess could you consider like the asteroid that killed the dinosaurs? Is that Maybe they wouldn't even <laughs> consider that an interstellar object though, right? Cuz Well, I don't, I don't know. know. We have Maybe the speed. It just was big. Well, we have objects that are coming in uh our solar system at irregular angles, but they're like they're comets. Like the Hale-Bopp comet that makes a revolution every, I don't know if that one, I don't know what its cycle is. But, you know, every couple hundred like years, these things Mark pass Twain's by birthday. us. What's that? I think Mark Twain was born and died or something around that time. So it's like, I think he was like an old man, so 60 or 70 years or something like that. Yeah, so there you go. Um, okay. So there are those things, but maybe they can tell by the orbit, the speed, like you're saying, these trajectories, the trajectory, all this stuff. Yeah, where it came from, exactly. Fascinating. I want to know what they have out there that can that can uh, take a picture of that. Well, we gotta look. We gotta watch out for like mutants or something in Papua New Guinea. <laughs> I get, yeah. In the last eight years, you don't think uh, we would have noticed? Well, that's not enough time for powers to develop. And even if there was a fucking mutant freezing people, you wouldn't know about it. They're hiding it for now. No. For now. Shit. It's playing Unless the it was long like an game. old lady or something. Oh yeah, we gotta. Anything from Papua New Guinea now? Anything strange? We know. We know what happened. <laughs> All right. Well, I got uh, I got some news here about some strange shit. I guess, or I guess uh, no, actually, bad people. It's about bad people. So, a recent okay. survey conducted by a few doctors suggests that cryptocurrency holders may be bad people. Oh no! Bum bum bum. So I'm being a bit uh, hyperbolic there, but stay with me. Uh, that's all the fucking articles every article is like something you're eating may kill you then the first sentence like no it won't ha <laughs> now you're reading well that was my article that was my story a couple episodes ago about um the tagline was essentially something in your fridge may kill you and it was about eating bad pasta like that'll fucking kill you you do that to in, us a lot in hours <laughs> that'll kill you <laughs> but uh this one right here so this study has not been uh, peer-reviewed, and the sample size was very small. So essentially, it's just kind of a theory at this point. But these people asked uh, 566 people to fill out personality tests, and they determined that the participants were more likely to display the following personality traits. Machiavellianism, narcissism, psychopathy, and sadism. Crypto people, or who are the they're the ones who on this five hundred something test. Yes, uh, five hundred and sixty six holders of cryptocurrency. Maybe that could also be. Oh, I was saying because I was like maybe just people who fill out these surveys are like that. Was it everyone who filled it out, or just the, if if they said they was it was it supposed to study crypto? Yeah, they the specifically variable? targeted um, crypto holders and gave them a personality test. Um, okay. And again, it's such a small sample size when you consider how many people hold sure. crypto. And I don't like, know. 
uh, I don't I don't remember where this was, but um, Papua New Guinea. It was probably in Papua New Guinea, and okay. so you know, Double again, waters it better not be. Yeah, well, I mean, fucking that would explain all these things. Um, so, do you know what Machiavellianism is? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I hear that all the time, and I look right. it up all the time, and then I still go like, I think it means like the ability to like change yourself to suit the what you need, the situation. I don't I think know, is but what it means. I kind of believe that. Um, I think it's what it means. So the definition I have here from the uh, the study, uh, Machiavellianism is people who rate highly on this trait are good at deception and interpersonal manipulation. Machiavellians take a calculated approach to achieving goals and avoid impulsive decisions. They are less likely to engage in problem gambling. Uh, problem gambling makes sense because like they can't control that right exactly yeah all about yeah. all about control um for- that's what i think that's what i think because i swear i, look, I read this up the other day too and it's like it's like i think they could change themselves to fit the situation they need which kind of makes sense to what you said it sounds so villainous machiavellian but like at the end of the day it doesn't sound that bad is it that bad i don't know it's a book it's like some prince machiavelli prince or something i don't know i'm too dumb to know some book, some book stuff. Yeah, some book stuff. Uh, so narcissism is a self-centered personality trait characterized by feelings of privilege and predominance over others. Narcissists are confident and are more willing to do things like make risky investments. Uh, I narcissists. Know more than this article. God. <laughs> well, I found this part very interesting. Narcissists tend to focus on the positive side of life. I'm a very positive man. I'm sorry. I know way more than this article. <laughs> I'm just like, it's like reading a horoscope. You know what I mean? Like I'm going through these and like, well, I guess I kind of <laughs> yeah. do that. And like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll, yeah, yeah, okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a sadist. Like, I guess well, I hey. could do that. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm a psychopath. Like, <laughs> I don't mind if someone's not. <laughs> um, so psychopathy is a callous, impulsive, antisocial personality trait. Psychopathic people often find it difficult to perceive, understand, or address emotions due to a lack of emotional intelligence and empathy. That makes sense. Yes. Yes. I, I, I feel emotions too. <laughs> and then yes. uh, lastly, sadism is a personality trait, excuse me, is a personality of enjoying others, another's suffering. God, I butchered that sentence. Hey, uh, I, I, I hate the way you describe words. <laughs> say it again. Try to say it again. Aren't you enjoying it? Right. Wouldn't you get off on me? I'm enjoying your suffering, right? And you can't pronounce the word. Oh, I see. Oh, that was you enjoying it. Yeah, you yeah. just sound. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I was trying to do the psycho voice. <laughs> Still, too. <laughs> I hope. Does this play without seeing our faces that we're that I'm trying to do all the psycho stuff and the narcissist? Do people just think I'm big? <laughs> I was trying to say something narcissistic when you said I said I know more than this article. I tried try to like have no emotions when you said the psycho thing. I just, I don't know your pleasure voice, nor do I want to know your pleasure voice. So that one caught me off guard. I was like, oh, that's his pleasure voice. Give me your fucking, say it again, bitch. (laughs) So um, sadists often display aggression and cruel behaviors. For example, sadists troll others on the internet for enjoyment. That was was taken straight from the article and I just giggled. I was like, what the fuck? Oh, oh, man. Everyone's done that before. I know, right? Well... I think there's a difference between trolling and harassing and uh, yes, exactly. sadist, uh, sadistically doing 
doing one or the other. Like, mm-hmm. sure, every somebody pisses you off online, you troll them a bit. Like, ah, oh, yeah, you pissed me off. Yeah, I'm going to troll you a bit. Like, or yes. you don't, or you just move on with your fucking life. But at the end of the day, how we used to troll people in video games all the fucking time. Still do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. The, the definition of trolling is it's 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 a light, light messing with. A light jest versus, yeah, I like the harassment <laughs> word. That's, yeah, we're not sadistically doing it like, oh, yes. Yeah, well, I don't know. Sometimes you can because you're so, you're like, yes, because you're crafting. You, know, you just look like, I'm crafting such a crazy thing. And the person's like, no, oh, I can't believe you've done this. Got him. <laughs> yes. ah. But that's, that's a rare, rare time. So, uh, yeah, all of those traits apparently can be found in abundance among cryptocurrency holders. Uh, The article also goes on to suggest that crypto holders have a strong distrust of fiat currency, which is currency backed by a government. And to that, I say, well, no shit. That's why they're investing in other currencies. But, you know, in uh, other no shit news, um, they're also more likely to believe in conspiracy theories. This is literally like at a mall. This is some mall survey. <laughs> I went to a mall and some guy had crypto and some didn't. And he's like, I can just imagine some guy at a mall like, do you have crypto? Yeah. They're like, do you have psychopathy? He's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just wrote it down and said, fuck you. Get out of my face. Just like, to get his, you know, his free $5 of I Bitcoin that, or some shit. But, but, it, but then it, maybe that's the real thing. Because I remember, like, I remember uh, taking one of those standardized tests like way back in like third grade or something. It was like those, it was like everyone in the school had to take it and it was shit like, have you ever done drugs or has anyone ever beaten you or something? And I just like <laughs> purposely chose everything <laughs> awful and I'm just like, there we go. Put that in the system, baby. <laughs> like, find that kid. You know, I was never approached. No one ever came to, it was all anonymous. <laughs> but I, I just realized what I said, I was like, couldn't they at least figure out where it came from? But, but no, they must have really been anonymous. I had done, I, as a third grader, I said I did like every drug. Do you remember that job application I filled out for you that one time at, uh, we were waiting for our buddy to get off work and he worked uh, at a grocery store and, oh no, I was waiting for my buddy to get off work and he yes. worked at a grocery store. I sat down at the job kiosk where you fill out a, fill out a, um, application and I typed your info in there and then I filled out like the wackiest shit. Like, like right after boot camp, you had ballet practice and like right after that <laughs> you were doing X, Y, and Z and like you... You were the craziest fucking character they probably ever met. And I think you got a call from them. Yeah, I remember I got a call from it. I was like, what? What is this? And then you were, but I kind of forgot all that shit that you'd put all these wacky things. But yeah, you put enough wacky things almost as if they wouldn't call. And they were like, we got to meet this guy. (laughs) (laughs) What? What guy is not taking this seriously? Like, would you steal? Absolutely. Like all that, you know, the 50 questions. (laughs) (laughs) Cannot wait to steal. Cannot yeah, that way. I feel like we've mentioned spiders in this episode already. Have I? You said arachnids. Oh, arachnids from Starship Troopers when they would fling comets and asteroids at uh, Earth from across the galaxy. Oh. <laughs> I didn't realize that's what you're... Arachnid also means spider, right? Correct. Oh, wow. Were they spiders in that in that thing? Uh, I don't remember how many legs they had, but, um, oh, wow. I would hope, yeah. Jesus Christ. Wow. What a revelation that was. Well, anyway, uh, this is a, a story about spiders. Um, so did you know that spiders don't have ears? I 
did not. I don't know if I got into a bar bet. I don't know which way I'd go on that before I knew what you just said. Shit, I should have asked you. Oh, well, <laughs> hey, do you think spiders have ears? No oh, fucking sure. way, man. I'll bet you a beer that they don't. Okay, okay, anyway, well, I already told you. Uh, they don't have ears. Here's the real question. Can they hear? Ooh, um, I know they sense vibration through their webbing and when they're standing on it, so maybe they are able to feel to hear right you never oh. thought about it did you dummy <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no yeah they can feel vibration so maybe it is some like daredevil shit so um yeah I'll tell you about this article so obviously you know it's you know the web is for capturing food but uh this new study is saying it possibly is used to boost the spider's hearing like a giant spider hearing aid yeah mm -hmm. it's like a giant a membrane aid. that makes sense it does make sense, right? Like, I just really never thought about it before. Um, so for this study, they used uh, orb-weaving spiders. Uh, and, uh, they, oh, yeah. And so they're saying these orb-weaving spiders use the webs as an array to extend their sense of hearing. A finding that, oh, they're also saying this could maybe lead to advanced forms of audio hardware. Whatever. I, mean, I guess. But, I mean, it's a spider web. You get, <laughs> and da dark I mean, matter I and drug like, delivery yeah, systems. Exactly. I don't know why. It's like they're trying, they're, this article is pushing, like, this could lead to new forms of shit. Like. I'm sure it could, but whatever. <laughs> show me the show me what it is. Okay, so anyway, um, so like you said, they can hear vibrations through their legs, and uh, this could probably be beneficial when prey or predators are on the move. Having those vibrations boosted through the web could be invaluable, right? And th this article is even saying that sometimes uh, a spider can spin a web up to ten thousand times the size of the actual creature. I mean, that's what? I mean, I mean, I'm sure that's probably one extreme example. Well, I don't know if like all spiders and stuff, but just to take that example, can you imagine if you're like, you know, us, but we had this huge web of stuff and hearing the vibrations, bro, the, the colors, children. <laughs> so, um, so the researchers, they, uh, they collected these orb reef spiders and they're known for making uh, those large webs. We've probably seen somewhere in California. Like, we've seen those just huge, like they, they have the big ball butts and they have huge webs and you see them like, that's probably the thing uh, Grundle hit. Wasn't that oh. it? it was a huge, like, you know what I mean? Those it was a massive web. Those are, those are orb weavers, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so they used those for this experiment, and they got them to produce webs inside rectangular frames in the lab. So then they could put those frames under tests. And so uh, they found that the wispy wheel-shaped orb webs act as a hyper-accurate acoustic antenna to capture the sound-induced air particle movements. Oh, okay. Oh. Okay. Okay. Right. Right. I, it's like some daredevil shit. I'm thinking. Yeah. Cause they're really feeling their way through it. It's not like they're hearing it. It's, it is a, it, they're interpreting the movement, that's which for, I, that's huh. what, that's what they already do anyway. Right. Like we all know if you throw a, 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 a fly at it, they're, they sense the vibration. They go and grab it and stuff. Yeah, but so. that is like that's something actively struggling in the web, causing huge vibrations. I didn't know their vibrations or their legs were that sensitive to where they yeah, could the, pick like up the, well, the sound waves too is, in the air. Like the actual, like the web itself is able to, you know, what am I trying to say? The the, the vibration can move along the web, you know. And yeah, so and because of the large surface it, area. It, Captures yeah, it. sound is essentially vibration. So yeah, dude. Uh, so then they used a laser vibrometer. Uh, was used to measure the response of the spider's web sill to music in a anechoic chamber, a room designed to minimize sound wave reflection. So basically, a really quiet hmm. room, and they threw and they put music on it. And uh, 
The measurement showed uh, the measurements showed that the webs moved in almost perfect unison with the sound, potentially capturing the audio as it hits. So there's like a little, like a little video just shows like the like they, they it even goes into detail how they they shot it at like ten thousand points on the web, and it really just shows how every time you you throw some music and stuff at it, it's like the whole web is reacting. And so the real question is, the web picks it up. Do we have any proof that the spider interprets that data and reacts to it? Now you're thinking with portals. Yes, we do. And also, just really quick, they also put use different frequencies, and uh, from different directions, they were tested, and then um, and usually the, the responses from the spiders were typically they turned, crouched, or flattened out in responses. And in case of the directional audio, ah. where they did a direction, the spider oriented themselves toward the location the sound was coming from. Ooh. So when they did different directions. The spider was like, so it knows wow. where it's coming from. And they also did something even crazier is like um, they used a miniature speaker. And so how this really worked was is basically for like, they put it like right next to the web, like as close as you could get. And they played the music. And so in theory, it was such a small little bit that the spider couldn't physically hear it with its, if it had ears before the web, it was the web was getting to the spider first. Does that make sense? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so that so and so the, even the spider would react before it could in theory have heard it through the air molecules. Wow, I wonder what their um their sensitivity is like. Can I wonder if they can like pick me up walking toward them? You know, from five feet away, ten feet away, twenty feet away. I wonder what I wonder what that's like. I mean, the the, the article does even say it's still less clear whether whether the spiders are doing with this information, like right. how. And just how, like, yeah, I agree, too, like, how sensitive they are. Like, I'm feeling now, if, if there was a web and, I, and you shouted at it, I think, I don't want to, don't shout at spiders. I think it's mean, but, like, <laughs> I bet you it would, like, kind of react or something. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not wonder, sure how to interpret that. I bet they'd be able to pick up, like, a fly buzzing around the web, you know? Then probably use that data to just stay still or go into hunting mode or be alert or Exactly, be, what be, have be you. aware or something yeah. like that. Um, and actually into this article, they mentioned like, an, um, there are some spiders that are, that hunt in packs and they, you, the way they, they hunt in packs is like they coordinate and they, the same thing, they use the web vibrations passed through the sensory organs on the tarsal claws at the tip of the spider legs. Uh, you're blowing my mind with this article. Spiders hunt in packs. What the fuck does be, that, so I do they, looked this, I looked this do they up, follow an yeah. alpha? Well, I looked this up and no, they don't. But um, so this is actually another article came out in March of 2022. So this is a, but uh, roughly uh, 20 of the roughly 50,000 known spider species live in colonies. And it turns out the spiders use vibrations in their mega web to choreograph a synchronized swarming process. Kind of like the creep on Starcraft, it sounded like to me. But, um, and what they, what they would do is like, um, I actually read the whole like article. Like, I didn't write it down, but I kind of <laughs> I remember basically like, what these spiders would do is like they all attacked at once, so they could attack like bigger things. And um, they even said that because um, they were wondering like what the fuck they're all reacting like are they all talking? There is no alpha. They all do the same thing. They all like hear the vibrations. They know where it is. They all go to it. And then they even said they all pause for a moment before they do stuff. And I think the and they said the pausing is like to hear to like make sure it's like a something else. I think the pausing is almost like waiting for people to show up too, is my interpretation of how it works. Because they say they like swarm. Because if you think about it, like they're trying to like get all over it before oh whatever it is God. can get away. And so they and so they choreograph it through the webs just 
I think it's everyone for themselves, but they all know like we got to do this together. There's no like queen or something like for that. the swarm. For the swarm, though, yeah. So, again, that's so they knew that about the viper. So there's all this vibrational data that the spiders are getting, and we do. I think it's really we never even thought about asking, can they hear? With it, but it it kind of makes sense, huh? Like it's this, it's out there, shit's vibrating. That the silk can take the vibrations very well. That's what this fucking thing does. It lives off vibration. It interprets the world with like its eight fucking eyes. Like it just gets in info differently, but. Yeah, that that blows my mind. And I want to know more about that uh, that pack hunting spider. And because you always see like Indiana Jones walk into a temple and then he turns around and his back is just covered in spiders, you know, and it's like, well, yeah. how, you know, one or two spiders, I get it. But like, that makes sense if. Yeah, no, possibly. Like, I didn't write down, but there's like the, the Latin name and there's a whole more like they look kind of sick, too. They look kind of red, blackish and stuff. Oh, <laughs> shit. I don't want to deal with that stuff. I don't this want one on me, like, let alone lots. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, uh, this article even went on to say, like, maybe there's even a hidden ear within the spider body that we don't know about. But in my mind, I'm like, oh, go to hell on that one. Like, come on. I'm sure people are dissecting spiders for bajillions of years. I mean, I know we're still learning everything. So I guess there's some organ we don't know about. But I'm like a hidden ear, like. I don't know. They probably it's just probably something more like their brain decodes these vibrations ever so slight. And even the wind, just like a dog and smell a bunch of things. They probably can really filter through and decipher like this is this, this is that. If that's the tool you use, you're going to get good at it. Evolution says so. Yes. And obviously, you know, just a a little info about the human. uh, You know, humans don't uh, hear that way, by the way. We have eardrums and they turn sound wave pressure into electrical signals that are decoded in our brains. So. Since uh, insects and anthropods don't have these eardrums, maybe the web is that replacement for their way to hear. If they even need to hear. But I mean, hearing is a good advantage in the wild. Right? So I, I, I'm all for it. I say I'm on team spiders here. Via the web. Here, here. And I don't give a shit about the microphone stuff. <laughs> all right. Like, well, I think it's about that time. Is it? All right. Well, I believe you're going to pick some some names out of the magical hats and we're going to play what's better than most so as we all know what's better than most is our weekly debate game where we randomly choose two subjects then our judge puts a spin on it then our other two contestants debate it i am the judge this time i hate being the judge because i have so much fun playing the game thank you <laughs> i heard that. I, I do no I, I suck being the judge i hate it i always over ocd take forever to think of the game i love playing the game instead but that's okay i'm gonna do my best for you all so, host Sean, please tell me what the magical suggestion hat is. All right. I have the suggestion here. It is pro-choice versus pro-life. Get the Shut up. Are you serious? <laughs> no, it's not. Here it is. The real one. <laughs> the real one is a remote-controlled toy airplane versus a bear trap. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you got choices. After the break, I do. <laughs> Okay, we are back, and I have debated this for some time, and I think we got one we like, so let's just jump right into the game here. So, as we know, it was remote-controlled toy airplane, right, versus bear trap. It wasn't just remote-controlled airplane. Remote-controlled toy airplane, yes. <laughs> okay, so that I don't know if that's a factor or not. So, remote-controlled toy airplane versus bear trap. I'm going to assign bear trap to host Sean leaving remote control toy airplane to Mr. E. Okay. And then uh, you're going to go first, Hoshan. 
Okay. And uh, here is your prompt. Oh, I should probably have a timer. I hate being the judge, but I'm the best judge. That's what they say. <laughs> right? That's what they say? That's what they say. Dang. They can say Dang. all they want. Okay. doesn't make it true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Got my timer thingy going. So here is your prompt. And Hoshan, you will go first, and I'll let you know. But uh, it's a zombie apocalypse. You're leaving your house never to return again. You have room in your backpack for one more item. And that's either going to be the remote control toy airplane or a bear trap. You have to I take have that one item and keep it forever on your survival journey. So basically, I want you to tell us, why is it useful? How would you use it to survive and basically impress us? So I'm going to say that all again. So it's a zombie apocalypse. You're leaving your house never to return again. And you basically have room in your backpack for one more item. So you're going to take either a remote control toy airplane or a bear trap. And you're going to keep this thing forever on your survival journey. So you, I want you to tell us, why is it useful? How would you use it to survive and impress us? Pretty much sell us on why that's the cool thing to take on your zombie journey. I think you guys kind of get the gist of what I'm trying to ask you all, I hope. Something like that. Zombies, airplanes, bear traps, you get it. All right, host Sean, I'm going to start the timer now. Okay, um, you would want to take a bear trap simply because in the zombie apocalypse, you can't rely on modern conveniences such as electricity, gas. Um, a toy airplane needs electricity. A bear trap just needs you. It's manually powered. It's spring-loaded. It does not need electricity. So as long as you keep it working, it will work for you. Uh, secondly, it's a weapon. You know, it, 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 it is a weapon. You can swing it around and use it as a club, or you can use it as its intended purpose of a bear trap. Uh, it could be used to catch food, which would be hella useful, you know, and it could be food of any size. It doesn't necessarily have to be a bear. Seconds. Um, it could also catch a zombie or even, you know, chop off its leg and make it immobile. Um, you could use it as some sort of uh, 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 alarm system. Um, I'm sure. And besides, it's got more mechanical parts, too, that you may be able to break apart. If it does break, Two, you can. One. I'll save that for next time. Okay. Alarm system. All right. Setting up the timer now for Mr. E. Start now. Okay, so first of all, we never said I don't have a charger, and you never said there was no electricity, so I'm assuming that I can recharge this thing, so just throwing that out there. Um, there's infinitely more uses to a remote, uh, remote control toy airplane in a zombie apocalypse. Um, you could attach something to it like a camera or even a mirror or something and use it to scout around. Uh, you could use it to make noise. We all know zombies are attracted to noise. These things make a lot, a lot of noise. Uh, what else do we have here? Um, you could attach flares or sparklers to it and fly it around to try to signal people or try to get attention to a certain area. Um, let's get creative with it. You could attach like an explosive to it and suicide bomb this bitch into something like a group of zombies if you had to. What if there was someone you needed to access and, and give food and they're in like a third story window or something that you can't access? Fly this bitch right on in there. And then the oh, end of the day, you seconds. can recharge it. And the end of the day, you can recharge it. Every day, it'll be fully charged. So uh, I'll get some more uses on my rebuttal. <laughs> okay, I gotta set this up for the 30 seconds now. Fierce debate. Still raging. 30 second rebuttal. Hoshan. Okay, so it's a zombie apocalypse. Uh, that right there implies that humanity's current way of living is over. 
You're not going to be able to rely on the toilet. You're not going to be able to rely on everything you know here. And I assume that includes electricity. I will, I will grant you that there is the possibility of solar electricity. But that being said, what happens when this thing physically breaks? You're not going. What are you going to use these little tiny weak parts for? Uh, you can use the teeth and jaws of the bear trap to make melee weapons. <laughs> Zero. That was horrible. <laughs> that was so good. Okay, thirty seconds. Go. Okay, so just to entertain your idea, let's say there is no electricity. And yes, the parts are going to break. This is a remote control toy airplane. The thing is, is you have to use it when it absolutely counts and when it absolutely matters. And if you don't have electricity, then you have to be able to manage that as a resource. You have to be able to make a big plan where this thing is going to work and it's going to be a one-time shot if it needs to be because it's a fucking toy airplane and zombies are going to slap at it and shit. But uh, the bear trap is just going to be way too cumbersome carrying that around in a zombie apocalypse, bro. That's like a fucking death sentence right there. Like, you might as well oh, be walking zero. through molasses at the same time. <laughs> oh, my God. See, this is why I hate being the judge. There's never a clear winner. It's always just like, oh, my God. Okay, so, host Sean brought up a lot of good points in the beginning uh, that uh, he really focused on how, like, it's a very old contraption, so it's not going to break down. It's spring-loaded. Airplanes, the toy airplane would need electricity. And if you kept working, it would work for you. That was good. And then he did list a lot of he's like use it as a club, catch food, catch a zombie, make make a a mobile make oh make something a mobile alarm system, and then uh, you then you attack the that that rebuttal though I swear you 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 basically like why well, she basically gave him solar electricity and then at the end you're like oh wait I mean and- <laughs> that was calculated I just ran out of time I know I know you did I kept that's why I kept saying like ten seconds my <laughs> Uh, but you did you were basically attacking the electricity stuff yeah it's gonna break down like it's so more to the point like your things gonna last forever uh mr e he, he had a lot of stuff too he's he, he figured out there'd be a charger he'd figure it out let's just say he'd figure it out there'd be a charger um infinite more uses he'd say that you could attach a camera a mirror to scout around make noise attach flares to signal people and like cause attentions to certain areas attach explosives even and suicide it Access food to a third story window was fun. Um, and then he recharged at the end of the day. And uh, he said, even if there's no electricity, he'd use it when it counts and one time shot if he needed. And he did at the end, it was like, Bear Trap is cumbersome, which I thought was a huge point that no one mentioned. Um, I hate this. Um, but I, I'm going to give it to Hoshan, but I think Mr. E did such a good job and he had an uphill battle. And it's hard to make that useful. And he did. And he made it so good. But the other one, I'm almost like my old biases are coming in where I'm like, ah, oh, the other one is just too good. And I have to, but he did that so good. That whole cumbersome and like the breakdown things. I felt I was doomed. I was like, oh shit, you know. Yeah. And the breakdown thing is uh I hate it. I hate it. It's true though. I'm sorry. I mean, if you ever played with one of those things, it, it pretty much is a one time use thing, anyways. Oh, those airplane things? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> For sure. And we, yeah. didn't, we didn't necessarily define what kind of plane. Sometimes these things are just built to get itself off the ground, you know? like Right. Yeah. I know. And I was like, thinking of all these uses for it, and I was like, what if this thing's plastic and it's like eight ounces? How's it going to carry a camera? Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I know. I know. The guys were talking like, man, we wish it was a drone. Instead of a, a that, plane. I basically, in my mind, made it a drone. I was like, okay, what could a yeah. drone do? We, we maybe could have adjusted it. Uh, that was hard. I knew you guys would do so good that I was like, oh, it was hard to do. The other one would have been so funny, too. 
That was a good game. Um, good game. Good game. Mr. E, what, did you have something you wanted to bring up? I did. I just wanted to let you guys know that um, I just reached in my fridge and grabbed an ice cold Capri Sun. <laughs> and uh, the reason why this is significant is because uh, I figured while I had some Capri Suns, I would try to attempt this Guinness World Record of chugging a Capri Sun in less than, I think it's like 14 seconds and some change. 14 yeah, seconds seems like a, a long time. I thought it was, yeah, like, we, let's look it up now, because I thought someone, like, beat it by this time, but, like, there we talked about on the show someone broke the Capri Sun record, but it was, like, still up to, like, do it. Mr. E was saying he wanted to beat it. And long story short, it was something I felt like I could easily do, and I was like, I was like, okay, I have, like, you know, a limited amount of Capri Suns here, so I was like, all right, I'm just going to fucking one-shot this thing. Like, that's who I am. I'm going to fucking do this right now. Like, these guys or whatever and they said like they said uh, oh the hardest point was like uh, stabbing the straw and blah 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 and i did like a practice run and i just fucking like nailed the straw part so i was like dude i'm just gonna one shot this shit like i'm gonna show these people like uh, this right. is how easy it is to get a, a world record before you tell us how successful it is max what is the current uh-huh. world record <laughs> well i'm trying the le- website isn't loading because it says 14:30, like 14.30 seconds that's, here okay. that's germany one, yeah. and that was june but the um, then on this other website, it says like smashed. And that's the website that's not loading like the, the record, like someone. Because I thought it was something crazy that we looked it up. And then some lady like got like under the lady six did or something. 15. Nuts. And then the guy beat her record. Unless okay. this unless this one that got smashed is someone new. So the, the current benchmark, let's just say, is the 14.3 seconds. So, Mr. E, tell us the rest. Uh, I am proud to tell you guys that I am not a Guinness world record holder at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was a little harder than I thought, but I think I can do it. So like, first of all, I was by myself. So like I had to hit the stopwatch start and then grab the yep. caprice on and, you know, stuff like that. But like, I wasn't going for the record. I was just seeing like how close I could actually get to it. Yeah. I think I ended at like, once again, it's hard to say because by the time I finished drinking, I still have to move and stop the stopwatch. It was like 15 something. So uh, what I learned is that, it doesn't fucking matter how fast you can drink things because that straw <laughs> bottlenecks everything. Yeah, it's going to cut like the roof of your mouth too if you do it too fast. The thing's going to stab you. And I even was squeezing and everything and then I like squeezed too hard and some came out of the straw hole and I was like, dude, I bet you that's a DQ right there. A DQ. So, so with the improvements I make, um, like for some, for instance, someone hitting the stopwatch for me and then um, I think chugging it Tipping it upside down like you're chugging an actual beer out of a glass, I think, is going to help um, with the liquid going through the straw. You, they say you have to use the straw, but do you have to use the straw to drink it or do you just have to use the straw to open it? Uh, that's a good question. I looked at it earlier using- today. I believe it says you have to use it to drink it. But I'm reading this. Um, it's so hard to find the rules for it. So I'm reading the rules from like a second-hand to- website. So I don't know if it's like... Verbally correct, you know what I mean. I went to like I, I was trying to check on the like as you were talking, and like it was the chick or whatever. I kept clicking on everything, and it's all like not loading. It is there some like conspiracy theory? Oh, oh, David Rush just broke the system, dude. Too many dude, records. Something's going down because like I'm trying to look into it, and it's like nothing's coming up. It's only that old one. But I swear we we did an update because on the website. Yeah, I think the 14 is correct though, but. Long story short here, 
Uh, I am going to keep attempting it. Capri Suns are like $2.50 for a pack of 10, which is awesome. <laughs> and I love the Pacific Cooler ones. Um, the only thing that sucks is it's not something you could sit there and try over and over again because you get sick after a while. So yeah. uh-huh. it'll be one, one of those things where I'll have to do a few attempts and come back a few hours later and try so again. And- did you do this straight out of the fridge? Was it cold? I actually had some room temperature ones that I just yeah. bought, so I did that one. Yes. Yeah, because that would add big, an extra layer if it had to be cold. The straw is the caveat here. That's, that's that's the hard part. It has to be cold. It must be fresh from the factory. <laughs> but then another thing is, it's like, um, I don't, if I did it today and I submitted it, I don't think you get a record. I think you have to like redo it in front of them because they've said like yeah. you have to fill out an application and everything. And that makes sense because they have to prove that I finished the drink, you know? I think someone will have to come out and actually verify, like, well, it's actually empty instead of him just holding it up on a webcam and all that stuff. I have have an idea. I have an idea. You have to... Do they say you have to use your hands? What if you had, like, in a vice? What if you had, like, in a vice? The the bullet points I remember were can't touch until time starts. Straw has to be sealed and attached to the side of it. You have to drink through the straw. You have to finish the drink. You put it on the edge of a table, put this, put it in, and smash a book on the top, and just like it'll all shoot out though. I think. Yeah, it all comes out of that straw hole. No, because the straw only lets so much go through. That's what I'm saying. It's like a traffic jam. No matter how much you try, I said I was squeezing it as hard as I could, and it wasn't coming out any faster. It's crazy. I think, and I assume you were sucking down the straw too. What's that? Were you sucking down the straw too? And squeezing. Almost, and... yes. <laughs> That's what I'm most worried about it. Yeah. But hmm. I'm going to do it. It's nothing that practice can't can't beat, you know? So I like Capri Suns. I'll just keep drinking them. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but instead of enjoying a Capri Sun, I'm like, oh, I feel like a Capri Sun. It's going to be done in two seconds. All right, I'll have one I tried it once, and I was like, oh, not trying a second time. <laughs> oh, yeah, I bet. You're one. Yeah. <laughs> anyways that's all nice well i uh yeah i look forward to you breaking the record that'll be tons of fun any listeners want to sponsor me uh with some capri suns hit me up there you go there you go um hey did you guys know that elon musk's private jet has a twitter account no one fucking cares (laughs) before i before we go on is this because the actual operating system can send out tweets no from oh okay okay it's just elon musk playing <laughs> no the account <laughs> <laughs> no the account uh is more accurately some 19 year old kid named jack sweeney has an account that tracks elon musk's private plane just by wait a minute how just by just by following elon and like i landed here i did this the account wait, is stalking this, elon, the story? this is a stalker What's up? It's a story about the kid that could track his plane. He figured out how to... I don't know if I'm making this up or if it was a dream or something. I read a story where <laughs> a kid like hacked one of Elon's accounts or something or got access to something. And then Elon like paid him off with a, a, a Tesla or some shit or paid for his college funds or something. I'll have to look it up. It sounds like I'm speaking whatever, but... This is slightly different. What this kid is doing is all above board. So uh, the account was set up using a bot that uses publicly available information to update the Twitter account with the comings and goings of the jet. 
not necessarily the people on the jet. Like, that's not logged as public information. Instead, where the jet goes to and comes from and all of that is public information because you have to file a flight plan and blah, blah, blah. Weird. So he's stalking him. He's stalking him. Well, I, I don't know if you, I don't know. Is. He made a bot to do it. He's not doing it. It's all publicly available information. So um, I don't know. I don't know where the I don't know what delineates stalking from just average information. But um, so Musk offered him uh, five thousand dollars to shut it down. And uh, quote, make it harder for crazy people to track me. <laughs> he laughed. I laugh at you. Uh, Sweeney, the kid, refused the offer and countered with 50K. Oh, damn. Right? He knows what he's doing. Uh, yeah. Musk refused, stating it felt weird to pay to have the account shut down. Oh, pushed too hard, this kid did, I guess, for Elon. Ah, you know, ah, it's pennies for him, but at the same time, like, it would be weird to pay to be shut down because that is all publicly available information. So uh, the kid um, eventually, because the kid works at a uh, company that monitors uh, seats on private jets so they can sell them and whatnot. And the, uh, the owner of the private jet can make some money and essentially, you know, it's just, just a, like a Uber for airlines. Yeah. Um, that being said, the kid's very familiar with the technologies involved here. So um, I don't know if he was necessarily trying to extort or any of that, but he did. He like flagged. He flagged Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah, but he did pass on information to Elon Musk about how he can help, um, you know, hide the jet's presence as far as like keeping it out of the public eye for the most part. I don't know about for the most part, but just keeping it off of some crazies' radars. I guess that's nice. Elon's like, oh, thanks. I gotta get. I gotta buy some other jets and under gary or something gary musk that's what i'm thinking yeah don't ever track me now exactly. oh, I i'm gary musk on this plane gary the kid musk. also has accounts open for bill gates and jeff bezos fucking weirdo this is stalking it's weird yeah i, I like weird think of how many other people own private jets and i'm wondering how many of them paid them off like did oprah uh you know some other yeah, I guess it's like who cares too where they're going. So it's only it's only weirdos who are gonna care. It's like a weird weirdo network of weirdos. You have to pay off the weirdo to fight other weirdos. <laughs> Being famous is sucky. Oh, it'd be miserable. It would suck. It is miserable. Yeah. Oh, oops. Uh, okay. Well, that was it. Is time for me to talk. Okay. Um. You, oh, Sean. Do you know what a narwhal is? A narwhal is a whale with an extended tooth protruding through its forehead, looking like a, uh, a pegasus, or excuse me, a unicorn of the sea. That is exactly fucking right, down to that it's a fucking tooth. I don't, I didn't, I, this article mentions it's a tooth, I didn't know that. This guy, this guy narwhal. I learned that from Futurama. There you go. All right, fucking genius. Do you know what a beluga is? A beluga is what I call you when you're not around. Ah, ah got him. This guy's two him. for two here. What a fucker. Beluga whale, probably. I probably should have oh. said that. Beluga whale. Yeah, no, I don't know what that, that is. I might give it away. Okay, yeah, that's a whale. 
That might help with the well, joke too if I knew what it was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, beluga whale, basically. Uh, well, basically, you are right on the nose. A narwhal is that. It is like a whale that has like a unicorn of protrusion. And uh, why am I talking about it? Uh, I'm talking about it because uh, they've been noticing since 2016 that a male narwhal has been hanging out with a group of beluga whales. They've been chilling out, bruh. Huh. Is that... Okay. Yeah, is that unusual for porpoise to uh, hang out with different... <laughs> <laughs> of their species. I think zebras just hang out with horses and lions. Just hang I, out with I don't know. Shit. Maybe just monkeys just hang I out saw, with rats. They just hey, all hangs out. I saw they a video of out. a of a coyote and a badger hanging out in a storm drain the okay. other day. So <laughs> yeah, it's unusual. Fuck it. Oh yeah, everyone just hangs out. In the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's unusual. They're very shocked by this. Um, so here's the real question: All the scientists are wondering if they're gonna bang. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it said in the article. So here, Just I like that, too. Guys, cause, yes, because there's a term for what their offspring would be called. But I want to see if you guys could guess what that would be. So what would the offspring of a, nar- a narwhal and a beluga whale, what would you call that? A freak of nature? Okay, there's one. Any, <laughs> any guesses, Mr. E? A beluga whale. Hey, now you're thinking, you're thinking. It'd be called a Narluga. Narluga! <laughs> a Narluga. So we're wondering if this will happen, a Narluga. And this, this uh, the guy who was talking about this article, I'll call him Whale Guy, he says the hybridization of belugas and narwhals has happened a few times. Oh. That's, say, all, what makes that's them all the information. Mate. What? Other than the fact, I was going to say, what makes them think that they'll mate other than the fact that they're just hanging out all the time? I Well, they're hanging out all the time. And then, then I guess. There's this one yeah, throwaway sentence of it's happened a few times, but that's it. That's all they ever mentioned about that. So, okay. Um, and so, yeah, this narwhal has been hanging out. This, they know it's the same one because of the markings. He's been hanging out with these beluga and uh, they've been following, they follow it with a drone. They've been following this like just pod of them. And it's like the beluga, all these like white looking ones, and this when the the narwhal is like this all checkered, like a seal, and it has this huge, you know, uh, what do you call it, tooth, but it looks like a horn, basically. How'd you know that? Okay, that's right. Uh, <laughs> I think that's so crazy. Um, so yeah, uh, narwhal are actually normally found in the waters of the Arctic, and uh, but sometimes they be they can be found farther south. But it's really unusual for them to be joining a pod of beluga, and they can even spend as much as five months under the sea ice, and then they use that sensitive tooth. Uh, uh, to like kind of poke at the ice and shit um, for air, right? <laughs> I think I think so. And it says it can grow up to ten feet, and it's commonly found in male narwhals. So yeah, like they were following with the drone, and they found out this thing's like twelve years old. And what happens is, I guess, like in the beluga, like in the when they when they all bang, a bunch of dudes all hang out. So so he's kind of like hanging out with a gang of dudes right now. And if he's like accepted with them, then one day they're all gonna go and find a bunch of chicks like. That hang out in their own pods. It sounds like it's almost like they're all gonna go oh. to the bar and shit one day and like hang out. And so, so this, the the guy who's studying them, he's like, uh, this nar- he says to the narwhal, he's like, uh, he's one of the crew. He's one of the buddies in there. Like they're hanging out pretty good. Um, <laughs> he says, yeah, because yeah, male and female beluga tend to have distinct pods, and during mating, male belugas form alliances to get close to females in order to woo them, as if like they're going to a club. And so this guy has to be like close with these males just to get part of the coalition, just to have a chance to get with the females. So he's been hanging out with these dudes for a while. And eventually when all these dudes either get old enough or get enough courage, they're all going to like go out with the, and like, hopefully they get a blade is what we're all hoping. But yeah. So he's going to be the, 
you know, all these other narwhal, or excuse me, all these other beluga studs are going to be pulling up to these beluga chicks, and this yeah. narwhal with a fucking tooth growing out of his forehead. Like he's the dude in your crew with like the weird haircut and like you know he doesn't quite speak the same language as you and uh, his customs are a little different but uh, we're gonna try to get him laid. Yeah, I hope I hope he does. I hope they do. It might work and for so him. Keep... Right, right. Yeah. I mean, he's he's in with the crew. Maybe he's a, either that or he's a spy for the Narwhal Nation and no one realizes. <laughs> They're like, Frank looks different. Like, yeah, he's. Not. <laughs> They have no idea, but um, Frank's gone native. It's time to pull him out. Exactly, pull out, pull out. Um, basically, it's gonna take a while to even, even if they're like they have to follow these calves because this is the beginning. I'm sure the narwhal calves don't have that horn right away. So even if there is a calf, it's gonna take a while for them to discover if it is a narluga or not. So basically, we have some years to come before we even figure out if they do. But they're, they're this drone's gonna be following these these beluga whale and the narwhals and hopefully watching them bang and. Hopefully we'll have video of them banging and stuff. That'd be so, so awesome. Um, also, it's unknown, basically, um, if narwhals are able to learn, adapt, adjust, or just accommodate to the complex vocal repertoire of belugas. But I'd say, like, if he's been doing it since, what, what I say, 2016, he must be doing something right. Like, he must be understanding something, or maybe he has to kind of know the language. Probably sounds weird. You're right. They probably sounds weird to each other, but eventually he's learning, like, some of their, like, yeah, I also I also wonder how aggressive are belugas. Like, if he rolled up and tried to do this with a pack of killer whales, would he get away with it? That's true. He does have this sharp fucking thing. He's like, hey, I want to be your friend, but I'll I'll stab you all. Let's try again somewhere else. So let's, let's just be friends. I can. Well, help. no, even like yeah. What is the nature of belugas? I don't know. I don't know how how they hunt. I don't know necessarily what they eat or any of that. But good dudes. Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, they think this. Uh, one more thing is they think this narwhal is about twelve years old, and narwhals can live to be about sixty to eighty years old. So Ooh, still kind of relatively young. Cool. Yeah, so he has some time to kind of like get initiated. And, you know, like so, yeah, well, I'm one of the beluga tribe. Yeah, fuck narwhals. Yeah, it's spent just about half its life with this tribe, so it's it's already you know imprinted and pretty. Yeah, that's true. Good point. It's not too bad, yeah, exactly. And one more question there. I don't know if they'd ever know this, but the article's like, one question, they don't know if the narwhal realizes it's part. It's a distinct species from the other members uh-huh, of the pod. Uh-huh. I'm like, how, how would you ever know if the narwhal knows it's different? <laughs> like, does the narwhal know it's different? <laughs> I, I don't know either. I, I would. It probably does. I would think it does, just, but I don't know. <laughs> well, you, you see those videos online of like a um, a dog that's raised around cats and takes on cat traits or vice versa, a cat that's raised around dogs and, you know, yeah. it takes on dog traits. Same, same thing. Does I'm it, sure it would just it realize it's a cat. Yeah. Yeah. It would try its best to fit in and see what happens. All right. I think it's about that time to uh, cut it off. I'm done for the day. Yeah. Cut it. Bye everyone. Join us next time when we figure out that magical spell Sean's been working on. <laughs> Hey, thanks for joining us on Better Than Most Things. Keep in mind that we are enthusiasts, not experts. If you want to know more about the topics we discuss, we encourage you to research them yourself and let us know if we missed anything. Submit your questions or interesting topics to our Discord. For all the latest updates, subscribe to our Twitter and Instagram, both at btmt underscore podcast. And please rate and subscribe on your podcast app.